the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed in the program are not necessarily those of this radio station or its sponsors and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. You should always consult the appropriate advisor before making any financial decision. All rights reserved. Now, AM 1220 KEOW presents... New Focus on Wealth with certified financial planner Chad Burton, drawing from his 20-year background in finance and investing to help you make sense of your money matters. New Focus on Wealth. Get a new focus on personal finance, wealth management, Wall Street, and the economy. Now your host for New Focus on Wealth, Chad Burton. Welcome into the show. I am your host, Chad Burton, certified financial planner. I want to get your calls on there. If you have a money question, taxes, insurance, retirement planning, estate planning, investing, any money issue besides individual stock, buy, hold, or sell, get your calls on the air, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. And uh, let me know what you're thinking about. Maybe you got a comment on business or the economy. Go for it. Call in the show. Today I'm going to talk a bit about estate planning. The reason why is because I've heard all these just crazy stories lately of um People passing at unexpected times, or people that you know we knew we were going to pass some some elderly people that um, I've heard about recently, and, and so it's on my mind. And I keep hearing these stories of these just little odd fights that pop up within families. And um, one was over the weekend. I was out wake surfing with a guy. Who told me about how his dad kind of took off, left. Went on a deep drinking binge in Vegas, hadn't seen from him or seen or heard from him in years until they found out he had, you know, basically liver failure. And the girlfriend tried to take the 401k, tried to take the Harleys and all this crazy stuff. And, well, no matter what, if, you know, you cannot sign over your 401k if you're still legally married, you unless the spouse signs over your 401k, they're going to get it. So luckily that was safe. There's all sorts of wills that popped up at the last minute. And then we heard Kevin, the producer, his dad, his father was, uh, or grandfather rather, was, you know, at dinner with a friend that passed away in front of his whole family, just right in his pasta. Just horrible, crazy, crazy news. Then we've got this event, and this was kind of uh, timely, I guess, because we've got an event coming up a week from Saturday. In the morning, it's Investor 101, and we talk about getting started, about building wealth, systematic investing, tips on insurance, the type you need, the type to avoid, and all the beginner stuff that you need to build a foundation. But as you get older and you start having assets and you start thinking about retirement, everybody's a bit different. That's why you know online are these robo-advisors where... You kind of have a computer relationship. It doesn't work for retirement and estate planning. It doesn't work for wealth management because everybody is very different. That drives asset allocation, which is different for each people. It drives when should you take Social Security, which is different for each couple based on health issues, based on working history. And then also there's a specific 
issue of I want to maximize every single dollar, but who do you want to maximize it for? Do you want to maximize it for yourself or for your heirs or for your charity? And you have to think about all those different things, and that's something that a computer can't walk you through. If you're younger and you're just trying to build wealth, total stock market index funds. Just call the old, you know, no-load fund companies and set up automatic payment plans into Roth IRAs if you're eligible, taxable accounts, whatever. Just it's your first hundred thousand dollar plan right there. But make sure if you have kids and you're married, you have term life insurance at least ten times your annual income. If you're making sixty thousand a year, you need six hundred thousand. You're making a million a year. Need 10 million. Get it? 10 times your annual income. The other thing that you do is add 100 grand for each child to pay for college. Tomorrow on the show, I'll probably go over an email that I received from a Georgia listener, somebody that listens to the podcast in Georgia. And, you know, they've been, he's actually been listening for years. He's a police officer in Georgia, been listening for years and been following steps that we talk about and building the wealth and on the right track. They have their first baby. Wife diagnosed with heart failure. So now the short-term disability is up. Wife still obviously has heart failure, battling with that issue. They don't know what's going to happen there. They do have some life insurance, but no long-term disability for the wife. So this police officer is getting recruited into the oil industry because he thinks he can make more money. But then he's like, he's so wise to the fact that he knows he has benefits and a pension for being a police officer. So how do you put it at a value on that? Because in this situation, if wife would have had disability insurance, they would still have income. But right now they have a 40% drop in family income because of the heart failure. So not only are they dealing with potential grief and a huge amount of stress and a young baby where mom's not able to get up and, and, and care for it, but they're, they're dealing with an income problem too. So the basics, insurance does have to do with the basics. So you do need insurance agents, but please don't talk to insurance agents for investments. Please. I'm begging you. I'm begging you, especially these multi-level marketing garbage people that, in the industry, people that are, are good at what they do, certified financial planner practitioners that work as fiduciaries, they call these, we, we kind of call them like pump gas by day and sell life insurance at night. Primerica and World and all these other garbage companies that try to recruit you into selling it. So this my massage therapist, she's like, so do you know anything about investing in life insurance? I'm like, yeah, why? Who's pitching you this? And she talked about how their friend flew up and they were supposed to just hang out because they hadn't seen him forever, but they flew up with somebody else and they took him to this big hurrah meeting and tried to get him to sell and not only to buy a life insurance policy as an investment, but to sell it to all their friends too. And you're going to be rich. You're going to be so good at this. You can do good talking to people. And, and then the guy pulls out his check of, you know, his pay stub potentially from last month where he made $10,000. And this could be years too. It could be a fake pay stub. Who knows? It's a bunch of garbage. The multi-level marketing financial planners, you guys get, you, you deserve a special island where there's very little food. And I'll just stop right there because I cannot stand these people. Because I asked her, have you guys done a Roth IRA? Is your is your fiancé maxing out his 401k at work? Uh, no, 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 not yet. Then you are absolutely not right to invest in life insurance ever. Only people that have huge incomes, like a half a million dollars a year or more, they can effectively use certain types 
as an as a bond alternative, but not for 99% of the population. So stay away from those people. Getting kind of sidetracked because I was really going to go to estate planning because really what you need to do in terms of estate planning to start with is also know what you are dealing with in, in leaving your heirs. Let's talk about that in a minute. So for the first part of the segment, I still want to talk about not sweating what, what we call the small stuff. So, or you do want to sweat the small stuff rather, because where I've seen lately the fights break out in families is the little things that you forget to write about. It's not the large accounts that everybody knows there. It's not the big home. It's not the, you know, collectible art. It's the little silly things. Michelle Lerman, who's going to be at the event a week from Saturday as well, she talks about a family fight that broke out over Christmas ornaments, where an estate was held up for years because of Christmas ornaments that they couldn't decide how to split up. So family gets along great. Christmas is special to everybody. They all got together all the time. They collected ornaments, and it was a common gift. The parents pass away, and they can't figure out how to, instead of enjoying it, Enjoying not the passing away, but enjoying the the Christmas ornaments that they you know collected as family together, they they fought for years about how to split it up. So one of the things that you don't want to do when you're thinking about how you've got to think about this when you have kids too, when you're young, who's going to take care of your kid? Who might take care of the the money? Because you you have life insurance, things like that. You have to think about who will take care of my children, and will they be the same person that takes care of the money? If you're older and you have grown kids, don't leave the details of the distribution to those kids. Because, number one, they're grieving. Number two, this is when fights break out. You think your kids get along? Wait till they're, fight- they're, they're trying to distribute money. And wait till one is doing all of the work while the other one is bitching about how long it's taking. Because that happens all the time. And then a fight breaks out there. So if you can't decide ahead of time, and I'm not talking about the basics in your trust and avoiding probate. I'm talking about the smaller things, your personal items around your house. If you can't decide ahead of time who gets what, talk to your children about it, try to give it away while you're alive. And then some people put in their will a rotating choice method where everybody goes around and they get their choice, you know, one, two, three. You go pick an item, you go pick an item, you go pick an item. Okay, you get round two. Go pick an item, go pick an item. That's how they, they would distribute it. Or you just say, you know what, my kids are never going to be able to do this. I want everything sold at auction. I want everything sold in a state sale, and they can distribute and they can split up the money. Try not to leave it up to your kids to decide. And you could also think, do things like if if somebody gave you something, but you want to give it back to them if you pass away, you can exempt certain items. You can name those things in the will. Those are different items. A big one though, a big one that you have to be careful of if you're married, is make sure that you each have not promised a certain item to a specific child. So you might have had a conversation, Grandma, with your granddaughter. Grandpa might have had the same conversation with the grandson, and you both don't know it. That, oh, yes, you can both have the, or you, you promised them each the the old Chevy or something like that. I don't know. It, it, those types of things happen. Make sure that you've, you haven't both promised the same thing to somebody else. I give the story in my family where we had a, my mom and sister do not, my mom and her sister do not communicate at all because when my great aunt died, my uh, my aunt, my mom's sister, basically wanted the wedding ring 
off the warm dead finger immediately, right after she died. Well, she promised me that two weeks ago that I could have that. And me having her sent to the attorney that did the will, the wedding ring was not mentioned. That's that's the little things. The wedding ring was not mentioned in the will. And, you know, we could have said, okay, no, we're going to force, we're going to sell the wedding ring and everybody's going to split the cash. We're like, forget it. Just take it. If this is the way you want to handle it, then and it just continued on from there. Well, she said, I get this. And then she said, I could get that. And then she, you know, she was the closest one, so she thought she got everything. And we're talking about really like an estate that was maybe worth $200,000 by the time they sold the house. It wasn't a big estate. But it ruined that relationship that was already a fragile relationship. It was ruined after that. It was, I mean, it was just horrible after that. Now, every family is different when it comes to different items of mom and dad's that might press some buttons from a piece of China's to dad's war medals, for example, grandpa's war medals. So some of them might have not much financial value, but they're priceless emotionally. So you talk to your kids about it. And that's the thing is that depression area, there's a lot of money there and they live off social security, but they're wealthy, but they don't talk about their issues. And that can cause family fights when you die. So consider breaking that barrier. Let them know where the will is. Let them know where the trust is, where there's a safety deposit box. And speak to your family about those issues so it doesn't break apart after you pass away. If you want to get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. To get your calls on the air, if you want to sign up for the event, check out the website, newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. We'll be back. You're listening to New Focus on Wealth on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back into the show. I'm your host, Chad Byrne, Certified Financial Planner. As I said before, the basics on building wealth is, you know, you're young starting out. Put enough money in your 401k to get the match. Turn around, open up a Roth IRA if you're eligible. Max that out for 5500 bucks. Then if you got more money to save, continue to go back to your 401k. Max that out. That's 17500 to the 401k. 5500 to the IRA. That's more than most people can afford. If you can afford more than that, you still, you know, go to total stock market index funds and start adding to those until you save your first, you know, year's worth of income there. Of course, you have the basics, which are you've got your emergency reserves, three to six months' worth of your household expenses to keep your lights on if something happens, term life insurance, disability insurance. It's all very important. But you get to the point in life where you're thinking about retirement, and if you've saved a lot of money, you created a business, you went public, you got your, this company that you work for went public, and now all of a sudden you've got a large estate, there's one way to do it. There's the most tax-efficient income plan when you get to retirement, and then there's the most tax-efficient estate plan when you get to retirement. And the right answer for different items is somewhere in between. Now, the basics on the right way to create income in retirement, no matter who you are, is what I talk about on a regular basis, which is the 357 plan, where you have these three years' worth of portfolio draws in cash. You have a certain amount of dividends and interest on your overall portfolio, where you have dividend achiever stocks are a very key portion of those are stocks that increase their dividend on an annual basis where the overall yield on your portfolio is at least 3% between your stocks and your bonds. That should last your safe money in most cases five years. And then you do some alternative retirement products that we've talked about where you get income for life. I'm not talking about high-fee insurance garbage. But 
that that's the basics. And you have to kind of go forward and set that up, set that overall strategy up to make sure that, okay, yes, I can last through retirement with a basic asset allocation. I know what I'm going to do in a good market and a bad market. Then you can finish your overall financial plan. And part of that financial plan is to, to realize that you've got to work on your estate plan at the same time. And a lot of people have a lot of assets and they go to an attorney without doing financial planning and long-term projections, projections, and they don't know what their different assets are going to be like when they're way off into the future because they haven't done the tax planning and the projections. You've got real estate, you've got taxable accounts, and you've got retirement accounts. You might even have Roth IRAs too. And they all work differently. For example, in your projections, do you put in there that do you know how much you're going to have to pull out of your 401ks and IRAs once you turn 70 and a half? If you've got a $500,000 401k at 70 and a half, you're going to have to pull out about 127th or so. It's like 27 point something. So at 70 and a half, whether or not you want to, you're going to have to pull out over $18,000 out of your IRA. You're, you're going to have to do that. How does that affect you? Where's that money going to go? Are you going to spend that? Are you going to give it to charity? Where is it going to go? A good financial plan comes before a good estate plan because in a good financial plan, you can look out, say, when I'm 90, how much are my retirement accounts going to be worth after my required minimum distributions? How much is my real estate going to likely be worth? Taxable accounts, everything. Because they're all different in terms of how you leave them to your kids or your charities. For example, if you're really wealthy and you don't really need your IRA, think of it as two ways. Number one, are you really focused on leaving a legacy to charity? If that's the case, you want to leave as much in that IRA as possible. Just only take the required minimum distributions, carve that amount that you want to leave to charity, and leave it the best asset that you could possibly leave to charity is an IRA. Because when they get the money, they don't have to pay taxes because they're a nonprofit. So nobody ever pays for that. Nobody ever pays for that. Let's say you've got a huge IRA, million dollars, and you want 500000 to go to your kids, 500000 to go to charity. The safest way to do that is split those off into two IRA accounts. The reason why I say this is because that is the best way to ensure that that one account goes to charity and the other accounts can go to be split among the three kids in inherited IRAs and they'll be able to continue to defer taxes over their lifetime. They just have to take a little bit out each year. It's called a stretch IRA. Sometimes when you name a non-natural beneficiary with others, it can mess that up, especially inside of a trust. Most of the time, you should not be leaving your IRAs to a trust because most of the time your trust has the incorrect language. Unless there's a real specific reason to do it, like the kids a spendthrift or they need monetary help in some way and somebody else to watch over it then it's usually better to have a separate trust that has very specific IRA, required minimum distribution language, to handle that issue of required minimum distributions. Now, if you want to leave your IRA to your kids, and that's a big focus, you should be really focusing on Roth conversions, especially before the age of 70 and a half. The reason why I say this is because wealthy people, let's say they're, they retire at 60. Why? Because they can. They're wealthy. They have a lot of assets. They created a business. They inherited some money. Like I said, they went public. Who knows? They have a lot of assets. The reason why I say really between before 70 and a half, because at 70 and a half, you're forced to pull money out of those IRAs. And I tell you what, if you really take that time between retirement and age 70 and a half and do very strategic Roth conversions, 
you can set up the best pension plan for your kid or your grandkid. We call it Grandma or Grandpa's Tax-Free Pension Plan. Imagine if your granddaughter gets an inherited Roth IRA, and each year they have to take out just a little bit based on their life expectancy, all tax-free. They can take out more if they want to. But it can last for their lifetime, a tax-free pension from grandma or grandpa. So that's important when you're trying to align your estate planning goals and your income goals in retirement. If you want to get your calls in there, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. And never name your estate as the beneficiary on your IRA. Horrible mistake. We'll be right back. Now back to New Focus on Wealth on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back into the show. I'm your host, Chad Burns, Certified Financial Planner. I want to get your calls on the air if you have a money question. Or comment on business to the economy. Don't be shy. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Now, here's here's something that you want to think about too, because we I've been talking today about kind of how estate planning goes into the realm. It goes into two different well realms. The average retiree these days that's retiring just enough money, the most tax efficient estate or income plan as possible. Because the key is they're trying to do everything they can to get their money to last as long as they do, to age 100. In an environment where bond rates are extremely low, in an environment where we've already rallied way off the bottom, and right now P.E. ratios and forward P.E. ratios are pushing the top end of the historical average, 15, 16 times earnings for the S&P 500. Now, could that go up to 18 because interest rates are very low? Yes, it could. That's what people like Jeremy Siegel say. That's fine. But for most, you know, there's there's other people, too, that have a lot of wealth out there. And it becomes an issue of not minimizing taxes for themselves because they've got plenty of money, but minimizing taxes for their heirs or being able to leave a legacy to their favorite charities. Here's a mistake that a lot of wealthy people make, giving cash to their favorite charity or church. Silly. Absolutely silly. The reason why is because you could turn around and let's say you have stock that it's you want to give $10,000 to your favorite charity. You usually give cash. Well, if you have stock that's worth 10000 but it's got a basis that's 2000 because of big gains, you can gift the stock. You can transfer it directly to the charity's brokerage account and get a tax deduction and not pay the taxes on it as long as it's directly transferred to the charity. And then you can turn around and take your cash and buy that stock back, and you've just upgraded your cost basis. Again, leaving your IRAs to your favorite charity, that's a big one. So give the low basis stock instead of cash to charity. What about, what if you're trying to do two things? What if you're trying to maximize your gifts to your charity, maximize income for you and your spouse for life, but make sure your kids aren't hammered with the state taxes? Now, where does that kick in? It's over $5.3 million per person. So estate taxes don't even come into play with a couple as long as they have over $10.7 million essentially now. That's a lot of money. 
So a lot of times, though, it's it's capital gains issues, especially for high-income earners in California, because if you sell a low-cost basis asset and your income at the state level goes over a million dollars, instead of paying 9.3, you pay 13.3% state. So not only could you pay 20% because of high income on capital gains, then you got the 3.8% tax on top of that for the Medicare surcharge tax, which kind of came with Obamacare. And then you've got 13.3% state income tax. So let's let's add all that. So point what do we got? Point two times point three. Oh, it just it just adds up. It makes you kind of sick. So if you have like a really low cost basis piece of real estate, or some stock that was founder shares or something like that, um, and you know you took it public and you're trying to diversify and get some income, and you just look at it and you're I'm gonna lose half of it because of federal and state taxes. Well, one of the best things you can look at doing, if you have a larger state especially, and you're worried about, hey, if I, you know, I'll pay taxes and then I leave this to my kids, my estate's so large, then I'll pay 40% capital or inheritance tax or state tax. It's like it's a, it's a double whammy. I mean, so what you can do is you say, okay, here's my favorite charity. Create a charitable remainder trust. You take that low basis real estate, that low basis stock, you transfer it into the charitable remainder trust. Once you do that, you actually get a large tax deduction. You have to use it up over five years. Okay, Large tax deduction. So a million, depending on your age, maybe you get a $200,000 tax deduction. You can use up over five years, depending on income limits. And once it's in there, you can sell it and diversify. If you do it the right way, work with an attorney, a good financial advisor, and diversify immediately without paying any current capital gains taxes because any sales that are done inside that charitable remainder trust are not currently taxable. And you can set it up so you get, you know, somewhere between four and six percent per life out of that trust for as long as you and your spouse live. Whatever's left over after you pass away goes to your favorite charity. There's your legacy. At the same time, yeah, your your kids or your family's cut out of the picture if you pass away. So what people do is they take some of that income of that four to six percent of that income that they're receiving for the charitable remainder trust and they funnel it towards a life insurance trust. That trust buys life insurance on the couple so that when the second person passes away, the kids have that asset replaced to them totally tax-free. Uncle Sam's completely cut out. You get income for life. You get a tax deduction. Your kids get, kids get tax-free money. It's a great, great, great tool for people that are trying to leave a legacy. Take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is New Focus on Wealth on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back into the show. I'm your host, Chad Burton, Certified Financial Planner. Talking about estate planning issues, kind of merging the idea of tax-efficient income planning and retirement with tax-efficient estate planning with your kids and your grandkids. So, for example, really trying to benefit charity, the best way to do that is to carve out retirement accounts to do that because they won't pay taxes on it. Best asset to leave to your kids by far, Roth IRAs. If they... If you name the beneficiaries the right way, they can in, can in, they can pull it into an inherited Roth IRA when you pass away and continue tax-free income for the rest of their lives, and they can take out more if they want. And one of the good times to do that is putting off Social Security to age 70, and during that period of retirement to age 70 and a, and a half, 
really concentrate on the best route for Roth IRA conversions. You you say, here's my existing marginal bracket. And a lot of times people have the, the existing tax bracket, 30 to 60 to $100,000, well, not that much, but a lot left at that existing bracket that they're always going to be at that bracket. So converting some of your IRA to a Roth now to really benefit your children or grandchildren in the future is very important. The worst asset that you can possibly leave is an annuity. So listen up. I mean, if you're, whether you have a large estate or not, if you're 80 plus years old and you've got a tax deferred annuity and you've been, um, you know, deferring taxes for all these years, which has been great, it's built up, but the idea is to, because you're going to pull that out and live off of it when you were at a lower bracket. I see these all the time. Somebody's, you know, 80 years old, extremely low tax bracket because they, you know, might have lived through the tail end of the Depression era, and they saw the times when they're bad, so they they conserve their assets, they live off Social Security, and they just let everything grow. And they let that they don't want to touch that annuity because they'll pay a bunch of taxes on it. But guess what? If you pay taxes on it, you're going to be under 25%. Your heirs are still working at their highest earning level ever. Likely, if they inherit that, they're going to have to pay the taxes at a really high rate. It's not like a IRA where they can roll it into an inherited IRA and, you know, defer it over their entire lifetime. They could annuitize it and pay taxes over their entire lifetime, but they're locking themselves into historically low interest rates. So typically, if you annuitizing an annuity is about the worst thing you could possibly do. So annuities, they might be great for in the olden days for deferring taxes when capital gains rates were at 27%. They are a horrible asset to leave to your heirs. Don't like them. Don't like them at all. Um, the only time an annuity comes into place is if you know you're going to pass away. There's certain annuities out there that have like death benefits that grow at 5% no matter what the investments do. You know you're trying to benefit a kid and maybe they're not at a high tax bracket. Eh, maybe. Maybe it could work out that way. That's a very, very slim circumstance. And they're kind of one of the 1% population deals. Now, life insurance is another big issue because wealthy people have the life insurance in their estate. And again, you guys all have to, if you have a living trust, back when you wrote that, had that trust done for you, back when you had it done for you, estate taxes, people were getting hit with estate estate tax when their estates were one to two million dollars so that would force a couple to create what's called a family trust or a bypass trust at the first death most people don't need that done at the first death anymore in the past if you wanted to save the person that died if you wanted to save their estate tax credit their share had to either go directly to the kids or into a bypass trust where it's held in trust until the second person dies that is no longer the case. You don't have to do that anymore. And that includes same-sex couples that are legally married. That estate credit ports over to the surviving spouse as long as the state tax return is filed. So that it's not forced to fund that trust. Now, you might want something to be funded because you want to protect it for your kids in case your spouse remarries. That is key. Michelle will talk about that at an event, which is a week from Saturday. She calls it a cutipable bypass trust, so that's where you can kind of protect it for the kids. But if you fund that, if you're if you pass away and your trust still says you fund the bypass trust, you could actually be creating more income taxes for your heirs now based on those old trusts. If you have a large estate, 
update those beneficiary designations. Work directly with the attorney and say, should the primary beneficiary be my spouse or should it be my trust? In most cases, it should be the trust. So with an IRA, in most cases, your primary beneficiary is your spouse. With a a life insurance policy, most times the primary beneficiary should be your trust. If you have a large estate, you want to actually gift it out of your estate into an islet, an irrevocable life insurance trust. Now, here's some crazy issues. We have sometimes where you're worth a lot of money. You are worth a heck of a lot of money, but guess what? It's completely illiquid. Maybe you're even cash flow rich, but you spend it all and your wealth is inside your business. It is. Your wealth is inside your business. So... If your business is worth, you know, $10 million and you pass away, you could have several million dollars of estate taxes. And if you don't have any liquidity to pay that, guess what? Your business is going to get sold, liquidated. That's sad. So a lot of people need to actually use life insurance when they have a large estate and no liquidity to add liquidity to their estate. But you don't do that by owning life insurance in your own name. You have an irrevocable life insurance trust own that for you. Now, what about other issues that you think about in terms of insurance? A lot of people bought life insurance years and years ago. Maybe you need to gift it out of your state. Maybe not. Maybe you are also worried about long-term care insurance, but you're too old to get it. Maybe it's better to get it into a policy that is more of a life insurance, but you can use the death benefit early to pay for long-term care. That's something you can think about, too. If you want to get your calls in the air if you have a money question. Good day to talk about, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Huh. There's also an article in the Wall Street Journal um, yesterday over the weekend. And this is a big mistake that people are making, too, and they think they're doing their estate planning. Giving their house to their kids. Putting the kid's name on the house. And they're either trying to help the kids out or they're trying to reduce their estate. There's a lot of older people that still think that they're going to pay, their estate will pay estate taxes if they die and they're worth over a million dollars. That's not the case. And so I can't think of a good idea to put your kid's name on the house ever. I'll talk about that coming back after the break. She calls in the area, 800-516-1220. You're listening to New Focus on Wealth on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back into the show. I'm your host, Chad Burton, Certified Financial Planner. Want to find out more about me and my team of five other certified financial planners, go to newfocusfinancial.com or chadburton.com so you can also sign up for the event. It's coming up. It's in Burlingame at the Doubletree by the San Francisco Airport. And that's uh, April 26th. So, again, 9 to noon, 20 Steps to Financial Freedom. That's Rob. 1 to 4, I'll be doing Wealth and Income, Aligning Retirement Goals with Your Estate Plan. So I go over the basics of what I usually talk about in terms of how to set up your portfolio for income and retirement and the tax-efficient way to do that. But how do you work that into the best way to leave assets for your kids? Those that become very wealthy, and they know they have more than enough. They could live off of just the dividends in their stocks, and that's plenty of income. The next key is what else do they do to make sure that 
their kids, grandkids, and their favorite charities get more money than the IRS. That's really what you want to talk about. Let's go to the phones. we got James on the line from Piedmont. James, how are you? Uh, hi, Chad. Hey, uh, you mentioned briefly uh, estate tax uh, legislation slash liability earlier, and I just had a follow-up question or two. Um, mm-hmm. The nice thing about the new estate tax legislation, I think you'll agree, is that uh, the exemption amount increases with inflation every year. I think uh, last year it increased 90000 per person. Uh, for planning purposes, do you anticipate that happening again, and we'll get another $90,000 addition to the exemption amount per person going into 015? Uh, yeah, I do. I mean, it's it's it depends on how they're going to identify. It's going to be actually interesting to see what they do with inflation when it comes to here's what the inflation is for Social Security. Here's what the inflation is for estate tax. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I when we're running out our financial models at this point, we're using the inflation rates um, for the credit. And that's the point is that this is going to inflate most people out of needing a bypass trust, and they have to do different things with their living trust now. And I'm going to tell you, the majority of people out there have trusts that are even two years old that that force the funding of this bypass trust that you no longer need. So it could actually, your existing trusts could actually increase your family's income tax, and you you're, even though you won't pay estate tax. Exactly. Because what um, happens? It, yeah, go ahead. What's it, your other it, question? It, the second question is uh, regarding uh, estate tax planning. Uh, the annual exclusion currently is fourteen thousand. I think this is the second tax year that that's. Uh, been the amount? Do you anticipate that increasing to maybe fifteen thousand for 015 or? Not for twenty fifteen. I don't think it'll go up to fifteen. Okay. That's a bit. That's a bit much of a jump. Thanks so. very much. Yeah. Thanks for the call. Bye. When you call us in here, it's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. So what uh, James was talking about is that you can give away up to fourteen thousand dollars per person per year without any gift tax forms. If you give over that, if you decide to give. Um, you know, your grandson $100,000 to help start a business or something like that, and it's not a loan, well, you've gifted over $14,000, so you actually have to file a gift tax return. Now, nobody pays any taxes right now. Even though you're filing a gift tax return, nobody pays taxes. What it does is it just eats into the amount that you can pass away when you die. So now it allows people to give away, you know, up to the the credit, the current credit, while they're living. And what that does is maybe you're not going to hit with an estate tax now, but in the future, your assets are growing so quickly you will. You can get that growth out of your estate without paying any taxes right now. And again, don't, in most cases, it's never a good idea to to put your kid's name. In fact, I'll tweet this article out since we only have a minute left. Um, I'll tweet it out and put it on our Facebook page about parents gifting their, putting their kids on their home thinking that's a good idea, well, what if your kid gets sued? Or what if they get uh, in a divorce situation or a creditor situation? You can actually lose your home because of your kid's problems. You think you're doing it for qualifying for Medicaid? That's going to make you ineligible for a period of time. Never do that without the assistance of an attorney. Thanks for listening. Please tell a friend about the show. You can find me at chadburton.com or newfocusfinancial.com. Have a great day.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.